today is going to be about that that statement but I wanted to emphasize the importance of us being familiar with God's word with the Bible so that we can uh, receive the most value from the things that are in it another thing that um, Jesus once said to his disciples is he said whoever whosoever will come after me let him deny himself And take up his cross and follow me. Now, if we're to follow Jesus, we need to know what he said. We need to know what his word says. We say that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means that it comes forth from God. God is the source of the words that are in the scriptures and therefore... They are the authority and guide in the life of every disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so for that to work the work that it needs to work in our lives, we need to be familiar with what it says. Jesus also said to his disciples, he said, all power and authority, all power is given me in heaven and in earth. And I would uh, Exhort to you today that Jesus Christ ought to be the practical and absolute authority over your life. And for him, his authority over your life, for you to know how to obey him, you must know what he said, what his word says. So what I want to look at today is I want to look at. The word of God and being familiar with the Bible, reading the Bible, and not so much to convince you that you ought to read the Bible, because I think we all know that we ought to read the Bible. I don't really need to spend a lot of time trying to persuade you of that. But even though we all know that we ought to read the Bible, probably many of us, most of us, maybe all of us don't read it as much as we ought And so what instead I want to do is I want to encourage you in one, the benefits of reading the Bible and hearing the Bible. 
And secondly, give you some practical uh, tips in reading it so that you can be helped along in what you probably already know that you ought to do, read the Bible. I know that I ought to read the Bible, and I know also that I don't always read it as much as I ought to. And I say reading or hearing because, to me, those two things really go hand in hand. They really go together. In fact, in much of the history of God's people before relatively modern times, uh, many people didn't actually know how to read themselves. So for them to be familiar with the word of God, with the Bible, meant that they needed to listen to it. They needed to hear it. And I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. So it can be listening or it can be reading. Um, It occurs to me that we live in a time where we have uh, so many benefits of an unprecedented amount of access to the word of God today. We have an abundance of riches in our access to the Bible. We can access it in, there's translations in nearly every language under the sun. You can get it in paper format, print it out. You can access it online. You can go online and you can, uh, for free, uh, listen to somebody reading it to you. And so we have just such an abundance of the Bible available to us. And at the same time, we also... We live in a time and in an age where we have more distractions than ever. We have more things to grab our attention. We have more uh, things to give our mind and our attention to than ever before. And so even though we could uh, be completely immersed all the time in God's word, we are exposed to all kinds of distractions and uh, things that might pull us away from that. So with that, let's think about some of the benefits of God's word, because like I said, what I want, the purpose of this message is to encourage you to that so that you will even more want to read the Bible and hear the Bible and be immersed in it. How beneficial would it be for us if as a people we were just our thinking and our, th- our minds, our souls were just uh, immersed in God's word so that it was, it was how we live and how we breathe. You know, when Jesus said those words, when he said, remember Lot's wife, all the people there listening to him, they knew what he was talking about because they were familiar with the Bible. They were immersed in it in that culture. So they knew who he was talking about. They knew what happened to her. They knew that what he was saying was a warning to uh, look forward and not look back, a warning to be ready for what God was going to do when God brought judgment upon them. And they knew all the connotations of it because they were familiar with the stories of the Bible, the Bible that they had then, which was what we call the Old Testament, is what they had at that time. Um, So one of the first benefits is that the Bible will help shape our thinking and our view of the world with truth. And you need that. You need that. We need that so much. In our day and age, there are so many things competing for how you think about the world, how you think about the events in the world, how you think about your relationships, how you think about your life and the decisions that you make. 
And there are so many ways of thinking, so many uh, moralities, systems. If you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need your thinking to not be shaped by the world, which is opposed to Christ, but by the word of God. And so you need to in order to do that, you need your thinking to be influenced more by God's word than it is by the world around you. And you are constantly from morning to evening every day have the possibility of being exposed to the world's way of thinking. And you really can't avoid it to some degree. I mean, you can't just shut your ears and walk through life uh, shutting everything out, nor should you. But you need to be immersed in God's word so that it shapes your thinking. When Jesus was on trial of sorts with Pilate, when he was just talking to Pilate, Pilate was questioning him. And he questioned Jesus about being a king because one of the one of the accusations against Jesus was that he was basically starting an insurrection against the lordship of Caesar. But Jesus, in his discussions with Pilate, he reveals to Pilate that the nature of his kingship was not the way that people think about earthly kings. In that sense, uh, he wasn't trying to raise up an army to overthrow Caesar. But he did describe the nature of his kingship and his lordship. He said that he said, my word is truth. He says, they that are of the truth hear my voice and they follow me. Well, that should be how we might be described. That should be a description of of all the people of God that we hear his word, the truth, and we follow him. So we need to be immersed in his truth. And you might remember Pilate famously in response to that. He 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 asked Jesus what? He said, what is truth? What is truth? He, you know, to him, it was it was a mystery. But to us, it has been revealed. Through Jesus Christ, the embodiment of the truth and, and his word, which is the truth given to us in its verbal form, the truth of the word of God. So we need God's word to shape our thinking and you need your thinking to be shaped more by God's word than by the world. Secondly. Being immersed in the Bible will help you to lean not on your own understanding. And this is so important for you. This this uh, phrase comes from Proverbs chapter three. And it's really about faith and what practical living out of faith means. What are you trusting in? What are you depending on? Are you depending on your own wisdom, your own understanding, your own opinions, your own ideas? Now, I think most of us, we like our own ideas. We like our own opinions. Uh, The more that we might have thought of something ourselves, sometimes the more in love with that idea we are. But what we need to love more than our own ideas are God's ways and his ideas and to not trust in our own understanding. And how can you do that? You need to be familiar with the wisdom that comes from God. And we have the Bible to help give us that. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. 
Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now this section, it's about, it's about more than just reading the Bible, but part of that is reading the Bible. Reading in the Bible, trusting in what God's word says, being guided by it and not leaning, relying on your own understanding. Um, this is a leaning on your own understanding is a word picture. It's an illustration because you could imagine leaning on something, you know, like I could lean on this pulpit if I was tired. If I got faint when I was standing up here, I could lean on this. And it, by leaning on it, I'm depending on it to be solid and to hold me up and not let me fall over. There is nothing in terms of truth, truthfulness and wisdom. There is nothing more solid that you can lean on and depend on in your life than the word of God. It is trustworthy. And you know, this, this has great benefit in your life. I can guarantee you as you lean on God's word and you, and you're, and you read God's word and you meditate on God's word, that it will help reduce anxiety because you'll be trusting not in your own understanding, but in God who is trustworthy Um, It will help reduce pride and discontentment in life. And it will give you a peace which passes understanding. Uh, Third, being familiar with God's word, reading God's word will help in our fight to resist temptation. In uh, Psalm 119 verse 11, it says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God's word can be a weapon against the temptation to sin and an effective weapon. The word of God is called the sword of the spirit. And when Jesus himself was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, three times he was tempted and three times he responded by citing the word of God, by quoting God's word. Because he knew no matter what the clever reasoning of the devil was in presenting that to him, that if it went contradictory to God's word, then God's word was right and the devil was wrong. Or as Paul says, let God be true and every man a liar. Keep that in mind the next time you're tempted to sin. Compare that temptation to God's word. And if God's word says don't do it, then follow God's word rather than whatever clever reasoning led you to be tempted by that. Satan brings him up into a high tower and he looks over all the kingdoms of the earth and he says, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. And it didn't matter how convincing or persuasive the devil's temptation was in that moment. All Jesus needed was to be convinced of the truthfulness of God's word, which said, the Lord alone you shall worship. And so he he wouldn't bow down to Satan, no matter what Satan could offer him. So it is a, a, a sword in our fight against temptation. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Well, that starts, you know, that's more than just hearing it or reading it, but it starts with hearing it and reading it. And then taking it to heart, meditating on it, remembering it, remembering what's said. And then it is there and ready to help us in our fight against temptation. Fourthly, um, and really now we're getting even more to the heart of it. 
we ought to be reading God's word because it is a pure delight to have God's word and to hear God's word. It is a joy. We, we, it is something that, that can be one of the greatest joys of our life. Now, it doesn't always seem like that. And, and the, truth, the truthfulness is any great delight and joy in life, anything that we truly love and enjoy, there will almost always be times, there will be moments in that that we won't find pleasurable, difficult. Because even the, the most satisfying and, ple- and, and enjoyable things, they go through moments of difficulty. I mean, this is true just even in, in natural things. Uh, whether it's um, physical exercise or, or something else. There's moments where it's pure joy, and then there's moments where it's difficult and it's hard. Um, for some reason, this quote came to mind. Eric Little, the Olympic runner, uh, he described someone, I forget how they asked him once, but they asked him about what it was like to run. He ran very fast. Um, won, I, I don't know what his record was, but he won many things. And he said when he ran, he felt the pleasure of God. He was a man of faith, believed in, in the Lord. And he, he, said, he said, I feel the pleasure of God. He, in his calling in life, which was to be a runner, among other things, I'm sure, he felt in fulfilling that calling in his life, he felt the pleasure of God. And, but it occurs to me that I imagine throughout all his life, every moment of running, his training, I imagine that there were days that he got up to go out and to run where it didn't feel pleasurable in that moment. That's probably the case for him. Even though the overall result of that dedication to his calling was that he felt the pleasure of God in what he did. And, and I believe, in a sense, it's like that with reading the Bible. There will be moments where it will be difficult, but, and, and you may not uh, get up one morning and you may not want to do it that day, but you will, in the long run, you will experience great joy and delight in God's word. Um, Psalm one nineteen forty seven. he says, Oh, how I love thy law. Psalm 119 is all about the, the word of God and, and uh, the, the value of it, the lighting in it, the truthfulness of it, the holiness of it, the righteousness of it. And in the midst of that, there is delight in the law of God. He says he delights himself in God. And then, and then lastly, it benefits getting right really to the heart of it is it's about fellowship with God. You want to have a closer relationship with God? Well, God is speaking and has spoken to you through his word. As I quoted before, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And my understanding is that literal meaning of that is God breathed. It's coming forth from the breath of God. The the scriptures are not merely the words of men or the opinions of men. It's God's word. God is speaking to us. It's living word, too. God is speaking to us actively through the word. So to spend time reading and hearing God's word is to have fellowship with God, to draw closer to him, to know him more. 
to know him more by the words that he has written for you. And that is true, too, that that the things that God has written, even though they might have happened to people long ago. It says that the things happened unto them for examples. And it says the things that were written before time were written for our learning. So God has it isn't an accident of history that God has not only inspired these words to be spoken and written in times past, but that he has worked uh, almost miraculously and mightily through history to preserve these words down to you today so that you would be able to read them and hear them and have fellowship with him through that. So there is great benefit and many more things I know could be said about the value of God's word. So let me give you a few tips that can help us in our reading. First of all, you know, we have the great benefit today of uh, having access to God's word in many different forms. And so one tip I would encourage you is to take advantage of all the different forms of reading of God's word that you can. And by that, I mean, one, uh, there's really four things that I think of. One is you can read it to yourself silently. And and in that you're seeing it and you're reading it. Secondly, you can uh, you can listen to someone else reading it. And like I said, there you can you can uh, get access to this in many forms. Um, You know, when I started first listening to audio Bibles, it was on cassette tapes and uh, you don't really even need to do that anymore. Now you can just you can just go on the Internet. You can go onto YouTube and you can pull up. Um, Alexander Scorby reading you the King James Version if you want, and there's many others. But uh, you can pull up and you can have someone listen. You can say, listen as someone reads to you. And that can be really helpful, especially for some of the more difficult parts of the Bible that you might find difficult reading yourself. Maybe it's a long genealogy that you don't know how to pronounce all the names, and that can be a great way to do it. Um, you can also combine those two you can listen and you can read along yourself and then fourthly you can read it out loud and they all have different benefits to all of those things the first one you're seeing it and you're reading it the second one you're hearing it the third one you're hearing it and you're seeing it and reading it and the fourth one is really the best of all uh, when you can do it because you're reading it you're hearing it and you're speaking it and so it is capturing your attention in the most in the most ways Um, along with that i would just also give one word of of uh, warning or advice is that your brain only has one language processor that means that you can't you can you can listen to the bible and do something else depending what it is Uh, But it can't be anything that requires the language part of your brain. Obviously, you can't listen to the Bible and read another book or a news article at the same time. It's not going to work. You can't pay attention to both things. Uh, But you can listen and um, drive if you're somewhere you're familiar with. Maybe be safe. But but I, I love to listen when I'm driving or doing something that doesn't really require a lot of attention, walking, 
something like that um, you can do. Uh, another tip is read the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, it's really important, like the example I started with about Lot's wife, you know, it, the, the Old Testament forms a lot of the background and the foundation for so many things in the New Testament. Um, but the Bible really is so inter integrated with itself. It's so it builds upon itself that uh, there's so many connections between the things that are written. So the best value you can get out of it is really to just be familiar with as much of it as possible. But I also found like the first time I remember I started reading the Bible when I was a kid and I remember saying, I'm going to, I'm going to read the Bible all the way through from beginning to end, which is a great thing to do. But, but this is what happened to me. And it may have happened to you something similar. I started out reading the Bible. I love the Bible and I love the book of Genesis. Um, even when I was a child, because it's, it's got so many interesting stories in there. You have the stories about Abraham and Jacob, and then you have the stories about Joseph and his brothers and going to Egypt and there's intrigue and there's, there's deception and there's, there's all kinds of action happening in those stories. They're really interesting and it's all narrative pretty much. So it's really easy to read. I think it's this great narrative. And then you get to Exodus and you have Moses uh, delivering the Israelites out of God working to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. And you have the plagues in Egypt and you have staves being turned into snakes and you have lice and you have denial being turned to blood and you have all these all these nar- narrative happening. And so I read Genesis and I read Exodus and then I got to Leviticus and I kind of just like hit like I was slogging through. And Leviticus is very interesting. It is very interesting, but it's also very difficult. And it starts talking about all the details of the sacrificial system. And it's things that if you don't understand what they're talking about, it can, it can uh, seem like just a, a lot of very difficult to get through. So I think my first time, I think that's where I got somewhere in there. I got stopped and I lost my steam in, in going through. So that's part of why the benefit of trying to, you know, you can read in Genesis and you can read and a lot of Bible reading plans work that way. They might have Genesis and Matthew and you begin in both at the same time and you go through. Um, Third tip I would give is persevere. Um, You know, that that applies to the example I was just giving. There's going to be difficult parts, parts that you don't understand yet. And the thing about those parts is they may be full of nuggets of truth valuable but you might not yet have all the pieces needed to understand how they fit in when jesus after his resurrection appeared to a couple of the disciples uh first he didn't reveal himself to them he just uh he it says he described how everything in moses and the prophets was fulfilled in him all the things that were that were written about were written about him And so when you have the whole picture of the Bible, you can see how even the the details of the sacrificial system or how the temple was constructed and the furnishings in it and all those things, how they reveal truth about God and God's purpose for us. But they can be difficult sometimes going through, especially the first time. So persevere, go on through. I use the analogy of, of exercise before. 
Um, you know, if you people that exercise every day, they they actually learn to really like it and they enjoy it. But part of getting to that point is that there's going to be days that they get up and they don't want to do it. They don't want to. And those are the days that you all the more have to get up and do it anyway and persevere through. And what you'll find is that once you do, it gets easier and not only easier, but actually enjoyable that you might actually find that uh, you might enjoy exercising, even though when you started, you really didn't have any pleasure in it whatsoever, but it becomes enjoyable. Um, Fourth, I would say, take the time for it. And notice I didn't say make the time for it because you all have plenty of time. We all have plenty of time in our, in our day. And we might feel like we're too busy or we don't have time. You know how long uh, it takes to listen through the Bible? About 72 hours. That's reading out loud. And many people can read silently a lot faster than that. But let's say it takes you 72 hours. That's, that's less than, that's less than uh, 20 minutes a day on average. Less than a couple hours, two hours a week. Um, you know, how many of us watch more than two hours of TV a week? If you're honest with yourself. <laughs> we have the time. We just need to take that time. We need to value it. Um, So the the next tip I would give goes along with that is make Bible reading habits that work for you. Find out what works for you, what you can stick with, what you can do, what you enjoy, because you should enjoy it. It is enjoyable. It will be a pleasure. It will be a joy to do. And so do it in a way that that it is for you. Um, I. For, me, for some people, some people are very regimented in their schedule, and if they set aside 30 minutes a day to read, they will stick to that, and they'll do it every day, and they will enjoy that habit. And they'll, once you get in that habit, you will, you will stick to it. Um, I'm more the kind of person that I like to like binge on things. Like When I get into something, I just get into it, and I put so much attention to it. So I'm more likely to want to like read, you know, for, for over the course of a week, maybe I'd read like 10 hours that week. And that's, that's more how, how I know what works for me. And so I'm less likely to stick to a 30 minutes a day kind of thing. I'm more likely to do something two hours a week or something like that, but find something that works for you. Make those and form those habits. Habits have so much power. You know, when you, when you start getting in the habit of doing something, you know, uh, we have a habit in our house. This is a habit. We uh, get up in the morning, and the first thing we do is we go make coffee. And then we come, and we sit, and we, we drink that coffee. And I don't know how long it took to form that habit, because we didn't always do that. When we first got married, we didn't even drink coffee. Um, but at some point, we got in that habit, and um, now we could do without it. We, and there are days where, where we do. But that habit is powerful in the sense that now when we get up in the morning, we don't even have to think about what we're going to do. Somebody just goes up and they make the coffee and then we get up and we drink it. It's a habit. It is formed. Habits have great power in your life. So make some good ones. And then lastly, I would say pray that God would bless your reading. 
because it is all about the power and the work of God in your life. That is what's most important in all of this. It isn't about just uh, completing a Bible reading plan or being able to say that you read the whole Bible or, or anything like that. It is about the power of God at work in your life. In one of my notebooks that I used to use for my studies as I was preparing for my sermons, in the first page of that notebook, I wrote out uh, from, um, from Peter where he says, No prophecy of Scripture of old time came by the will of man, but uh, holy men of old wrote as they were moved of the Holy Spirit. And... It was a reminder to me, like like also the verse in Timothy where it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It was a reminder to me every time that I opened up that notebook to study and prepare for the message and to open up God's word. It was a reminder to me to pray to God that he would open up my understanding of the things that I was reading because the scripture didn't come by the will or by the opinions of man, it came by the power of God. And it's not going to come into my life with power and understanding and truth and work on my heart by the will or opinions of man, but by the power of God. So pray as you open God's word, pray that God would bless the reading of it or the hearing of it to your life, that he would open up your mind to understand, that he would work in your heart through the things that you hear, and that he would bless that to uh, move in your life and to draw you closer into fellowship with him, which is what is really important, that we would draw near to our God and have that enjoyment of that blessed union and fellowship with him.